0: That's right. Yes, I want to thank everyone who has been part of Beautiful Day this last weekend. Um, uh, For those who are new or visiting us, my name is Finney Abraham. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. I get to lead all our ministries outside the walls of our church as we continue to serve our community and love our neighbors well. As we start uh, this week, this, this sermon here today, uh, you know, as, as we just saw in that uh, video, uh, over a thousand of you uh, were serving uh, in our Santa Clara County, five different cities and 20 different projects, and gave your time and effort uh, so that God's name will be glorified. In many ways, it is almost magical how hundreds of you come to a project, you register, you check in, you do your work, you leave, But it all seems done so fine and great, and, you know, it's almost like a magic. But it's not really. There's a lot of hard work that has gone behind. Uh, Our entire team was about 105 people, all leads and sub-leads and our directors. And they have worked hard for months and months and lots of Excel sheet behind all the organized chaos. And if you love Excel sheet, please reach out to me. We, We can... We can put you to work, uh, but all of this has helped us to uh, do this right. So I want to take a moment uh, to thank our lead, subleads, and directors. If you are have been part of the team as a lead or a sublead or a director, could you just stand up? We just want to thank God for you, wherever you are. I see several of you. Thank you for uh, leading our church to following the way of Jesus through serving uh, people in our community. If our church is connected to the community, it is because of you who have done this work and uh, have been uh, showing God's love uh, to our neighbors here in Santa Clara County. We did not do this because we are better or we wanted to, uh, you know, virtue signal or say, you know, how great we are. We did this because when practicing the way of Jesus, serving the other and loving our neighbors unconditionally is the way for us to be formed in the likeness of Jesus. So as much as it is a blessing for our community, primarily it has been formative and formational for each one of us as we serve and love Jesus in this community. So for us, this is not a a once-a-year thing. Our goal is to make serving others into a lifestyle, so that it will be second nature to us uh, to love the other, to forgive the other, to take care of the other, so that through our actions, Jesus and His love can be shown in our community. I truly believe that uh, the first commandment to love your God with all your heart, your soul, and mind can only be lived out. If you can be obedient, but to the second commandment, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. Unless and until you put that to action, you're not really taking care or being obedient to the first commandment, which is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Jesus led a lifestyle of serving the other. Jesus led a lifestyle when he was in this world by taking care of the vulnerable and those who were marginalized. And his heart was for them. And that is the way we want to live our lives. Jesus saw people different from how the people of that time saw others. In the Greco-Roman world, in Jesus' time, people were seen on the basis of power and class and money and, and, and riches. Jesus saw people not based on what they offer or what their circumstances, he saw them as image bearers of the Creator God. That is why Jesus said, he came here to serve, not to be served. Our lead pastor, Jay, uh, preached about this a few weeks ago. Jesus saw people as individuals carrying the image of God. This can be seen throughout uh, the Bible. But today, I want to bring your attention to uh, one well-known passage in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. So before I read this for you and get, dive deep into it, let's, let's, uh, let me pray for us, and we'll read the scripture and get to today's sermon. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your grace, your love. Thank you for uh, shaping us as a community to think and care and love for the other. God, I pray that uh, you would convict us through the scripture again today as we continue to live your life in this community. Use us for your kingdom, for your glory. We pray and ask all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one true God. Amen. Luke chapter 7, uh, verses 11 onwards. Let me read this for you. Soon afterward, he went, Jesus, to a town called Nain. And his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said to her, do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bear, and the bearer stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Verse 16. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole Judea and all the surrounding country. This is a very well-known miracle story of Jesus raising a widow's son is uh, actually found right here only in the Gospel of Luke. It's not mentioned in any of the other Gospels. If you are a person who reads the Scripture or are familiar with the Gospels, you know that the Gospel writers very carefully selected the stories uh, that, uh, uh, that Jesus in uh, His miracle stories and other uh, stories of Jesus during that time, because every single story, every single word, uh, it had meaning, and it is still ministering to us even now in 2023. In the Gospel of Luke, you see Jesus is in a journey. He's in a journey from Galilee to Jerusalem. And when it comes to chapter 7, Jesus is in a place called Capernaum, and he heals Uh, the servant of uh, Centurion, a very well-known, powerful person in the community. And in verse 11, as the verse that we just read, Jesus is in a small city called Nain. And with him are disciples, a large crowd. People are starting to follow Jesus because of the miracles and the teachings that he's doing. He is starting to be known as a very well-known rabbi. And by this time, there are people who follow him for all kinds of reasons, for, for blessings, for, he, for, for sickness to be healed. To, and, and there are also Pharisees and others who are there to criticize him and to tell him that what he's doing is wrong. and all kind. He has a large uh, following there. And that time, as he's entering into this, the gates of the city, there is a funeral procession of a widow's son that is going out of the town. It was custom for Jewish folks uh, to be buried outside uh, the walls of the town. And that's when we get to verse 13. Let me read this once again. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Jesus saw the widow. Jesus sees you and I. The first thing that Jesus does is, Uh, The writer says he saw the widow. This is not just simple seeing that there's a person out there. Jesus saw more than her circumstance that she's at. All of us desire to be seen, not just based on our circumstance. We truly desire to be seen as who we are before a holy God. The widow in the community is seen as someone who is not really Um, respected in many ways, or who is not worth of attention. In In the pecking order, she would actually be even lower than a slave, because slaves have still something to offer because they are sold. A widow who doesn't have the support of her husband was considered to have no worth, and Jesus sees her. It doesn't matter for you to be in a centurion's family or you to be in a widow's family. Jesus sees you, and that is comforting. I do not know what you bring into uh, this room today. There is so much happening around the world in our own lives, in our city, and in our county. But the scripture says, whatever you bring to this place, our God, the God that we worship, sees you. Not just based on your circumstance, but sees who you are. Created in the image of God. I truly believe this is what our city and our county needs. Folks needs to be seen as who they are, be created in the image of God. But in a, in, a, in a busy Bay Area life, it is always usual that people are, are invisible and they're not seen because we don't have the time to slow down and see people as they are, created in the image of God. It's hard to see the way God sees when we only care about ourselves. It is hard to see the way God sees when our eyes are filled with hatred and anger and vitriol. It's hard to see the way God sees when it is difficult to forgive the other. It is hard to see the way God sees when we are not proximate or close enough to the pain of others. But Jesus, the God that we follow, he sees us. What beautiful aid does for us is to help us to slow down a bit, bring us closer in proximity with people so that we see the way God sees the other. We will then start to see not just the problem of others, we will start to have compassion because they're created in the image of God. This is what we were able to do this last weekend, is to slow down ourselves and to see the other the way God has seen. I want to show you this uh, one picture. Uh, This is from one of our best projects out of the twenty. This is uh, the dance project. So if you are new to a church or visiting and if you wonder what's going on here, there's a dance. or people not going to church and dancing? That's not what is happening here. Um, this is, uh, you know, all of us were out serving. And this place that you're sitting right here, um, you know, our volunteers for this uh, project. Over 130 of them have been pre- planning and prepping this place to be turned into a dance floor for special needs folks, not just children but also adults. We've been doing this for several years and we were trying to do this the best way that, uh, that is possible so that uh, you know, everyone are involved and included in Beautiful Date. From the youngest of ours, you know, even my two-year-old was serving to the oldest that I understand about 90-year-old person who signed up uh, to serve and also for special needs folks in our community to be part of what we're doing. Now this is a project that needs to be, there's a lot of planning behind it. We wanna do this right because every single special needs person who's here has a buddy and we'll make sure that they are safe and all kinds of things uh, that needs to be taken care. And it is well planned. This year, uh, this project was happening on the 7th and I got an email on the 6th uh, or afternoon of a parent and he wrote on that email, a desperate father asking, can you include my daughter? He heard, she heard about the dance project, and can you include her uh, to the dance? She would be very, very happy. And as, uh, you know, a person who's, who's leading this, my first response in my brain is, oh my gosh, no. Because we planned this like two weeks ago. We need to do this well. We need to do this right. And in order for that, we need, to, uh, we need to make sure that there's a buddy and all kinds of things. So I had my first email draft, and if you, I don't know about you, but my drafts are all my first email that you all don't see, and I think about it, and I send a nice email after that. So my draft was, <laughs> was basically, uh, I don't think so, this doesn't work, and I'm trying to be a leader and all of that. And in a second, I, was, I really thought, I'm a young father, and here's the father who's asking, can you add my daughter to this? She would be very happy to be part of the dance. And so I wrote an email thinking that he will respond back after seeing all the explanations that I have. Okay, don't worry. I'll not come. So I, I, I wrote an email telling she has to be about 16. She needs to have a buddy, all those kind of things. And, and he responded back in two minutes. And he said, um, yeah, she's about 16. She's 24 years old. I'll make sure that she has a buddy. But here's the thing. I am her buddy, her best buddy for the last 24 years, and I'll be there. I knew at that time, I spoke to him in a way that was not just meant as a leader to just get the work done. Because even I, who is leading this, uh, this beautiful day uh, ministry, I can get into the detail of how to get this done and not to see people as people. He came early. He came around 3 o'clock. He made sure that... Uh, you know, his daughter is signed up and, and she was here. And the next day he emailed me and he said, my daughter is very, very happy. Thank you so much for listening to the word of a desperate father. That's what he said. And I knew deep inside my heart that I did, the Holy Spirit asked me to do something different than how we would normally do stuff. And this is why I believe it is important for us To see people as God sees because that can lead us to compassion that can eventually lead to hope and change in folks' life. My challenge to all of you is to slow down and see people in your family, in your work, in your community the way God sees because that is the only way it can lead to compassion that can change our lives. You never know when an opportunity comes along for God to use you to bless another person. So keep your eyes open and see people as image bearers of the creator God. The next part of that verse 13 says this, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Jesus had compassion. He had compassion to those who were vulnerable, who were marginalized, and who were weak, and who were suffering. Jesus saw the widow who lost her son and was filled with compassion. Luke mentions the word here, Lord. The Lord saw her. This was the first time the writer Luke is addressing Jesus with the word Lord, Courier means Messiah, the one who can fix all things, the one who is powerful. He's going to do something very messianic, that is to raise someone from the dead. Here is Jesus addressed as Lord, as a powerful person, but the right next sentence is this, the same God who has all the power has also compassion and his heart is moved. This is not a combination that you would see in the early Greco-Roman world. Compassion was seen as weakness. Anyone who was powerful would not wanna show compassion. Jesus, the creator of the universe, it is shown to us through the scripture that he was not only powerful, he was compassionate and his heart was moved. The Greek word for, for compassion there basically means that you're moved in your internal organs, your lungs, your heart he had a bodily response to what he saw in uh, as the procession of the widow's son was coming jesus had compassion the god we serve is not impassive and unfeeling he is compassionate and he is close to our suffering that compassion led him to an action jesus walks close to that dead body and he touches the bier Uh, that was holding this dead body. Again, a Jewish rabbi would not come anywhere close to a dead body because that can make him ritually impure. Jesus goes close to that body and he speaks and he says, arise, and the dead man stood up and began to speak. In many ways, all things that we do outside the walls of our church, not just beautiful day, Safe car parking, food pantries, school impact, all the ministries that we do outside the walls of our church is for us to learn how to see like Jesus and to be close to people, to be in proximate connection with them. It cannot happen by just showing up for four hours for a beautiful day. And if we do that, we miss the point. Our whole goal is to to once again to commit to this way of life as we come together once a year, but our goal is to have a lifestyle of caring for the other. Everything that we do outside of also church is training us each time to see like Jesus sees and to get close to people. Seeing and getting close changes something, not only the people that we serve, but it changes something in us. It is formational and it will convict us I wanna show you uh, this picture from our team at Home First uh, Care Fair project. This was a project that uh, that this year we wanted to do uh, to actually work uh, very close with folks who are experiencing homelessness in our community. Usually, we would support a nonprofit that does that. Again, good way of working, but this year, our team wanted to actually be close to folks who are experiencing homelessness. And so we went to uh, Home First, which has a shelter And, uh, you know, in the background, you can see these are tiny homes where folks who are experiencing chronic homelessness are living in there. And we got to do some work with them. We got to interact with them. We got to talk to them. There's some haircut for some of our folks who are here who are uh, really talented, stepped up, and served. At the end of this, uh, our director who led this project told me this helped us to be close to people and get to know them. It helped us to see them as people. And when you get that close, you realize these are not just homeless folks that you see when you drive and you, go want, you want to go far away as much as you can. They have the same aspirations. They have the same even uh, talents and ability to do things. But they're stuck in a certain circumstance, but if you can see them more than their circumstance and get close to them, your thoughts about it will change. Many of us in this county, or maybe even in our church, we have opinions about homelessness and other things, but we are not close to the problem. We are so far away from it, and we have all kinds of ways we can fix it. And, and, and what I'm starting to learn when I start doing this work is the more closer I get to them, the, the better my, my, my thoughts on how we can fix these issues happen because we get close to the person, to the people That is what, as Christians, we have to offer to our community. You never know when you're asked to do something for the well-being of the others. So make proximity an important priority for you. Your response to the suffering in our community depends on what you choose to see and how proximate or close you want to be with that suffering. Let me say that sentence one more time. Your response to the suffering or the problems of our community depends on what you choose to see and how close you want to be with that suffering. The final verse in this, in this passage, uh, verse 16, is uh, very important and, and, and very powerful. It says, fear seized them all once they saw this miracle. And they glorified God, saying a great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. God has visited his people. When you see, and when you get close, and when there is healing, that's what the people in our community would say. Jesus, God, who sees, is among us. He has visited us, and he is among us. The literal translation of that word visited, uh, you know, is, is very powerful. It comes from a Greek word uh, that basically says uh, uh, strophe, which means to see, uh, the one who sees, the one who oversees, that's where we get the English word bishop from, the one who oversees. People are telling, who saw this miracle, they're telling, the one who sees us, they, he has come into our midst. That is what I hope our county, our city would say when we go out there each time and when we see people the way God sees and when we get close and when we would tell them about the love of Jesus. It would not and should not and, and we, we, we should make sure that this is not a once a year thing. It will only happen if you practice the way of Jesus every single day of your life. That's what this last weekend was about, for us to slow down and give dignity and get close to people. There's so much healing that happens in that process and our prayer is that we would continue to see people the way God sees and bring dignity, the dignity that they already have. We don't need to give that. God has given them the dignity. We're only asked to acknowledge the dignity that God has given people in our community. You never know what God might do through you so be available to serve the other and practice the way of Jesus by serving so that it becomes second nature to each one of you. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come forward as uh, uh, we sing and respond uh, to today's sermon. But as they, as they come forward, let me uh, just share this uh, uh, one, one last story that was very impactful to me uh, that happened in, in, in one of our projects we served about uh, five or six schools this year, and uh, in one of the schools, um, the volunteer opportunity was communicated to uh, families who attend the school. So someone decided to send this uh, to the district, and uh, someone who was sitting in the district thought, "Oh, this will be a great opportunity for some of our uh, students who need uh, volunteer opportunities." and some of them needed volunteer opportunity because uh, it was court-ordered um, uh, community service. They had to do it because they have done some serious problems in their, uh, in their schools or families or communities. And one of these, these uh, child, this kid, um, was um, called as, you know, the, the terminology itself just made me very sad. He was called as an arsonist because he would go to these schools and he would put fire. And they asked him to come and serve at this one school where he had put fire before. So as he was coming, some of the leaders knew this and we wanted to tell, you know, you just want to be sure that, you know, things will be okay and fine. And as he's walking in, I think he is probably thinking that this is going to be a bunch of other folks like him who's going to be there and they're forced to do service and so he's, he's coming there with uh, you know, his attitude, which is not too great, and uh, he is, he's not too happy. And with, as he steps in there, he sees some of his friends. And he's confused because they're not supposed to be in the crowd that he thought this crowd is going to be. And he asks them, Why are you here? And, and they say, This is my church, this is what we do. We come and serve. And his attitude changes. And he starts to volunteer with a good, good attitude. His, his father connects with people, the rest of the other parents out there. And he himself had a change as he continued to serve there because people looked at him a little differently. Not based on what he brought. Not based on the circumstance he brought. But just another kid serving, having fun, and doing things that day. I don't know how much far this could have gone for this child's heart. And my prayer is that it'll change him because there is a community. There is a group of people still in Santa Clara County who will see people differently. Not just in our own church, but all folks in Santa Clara County who follows Jesus and who follows the way of Jesus. When you see people the way God sees, that brings healing. That's what Christians have to offer to the city. Not just volunteer work and money and other things. What we have to offer is to see the way Jesus sees. And there are many people who will be healed because of that. Jesus, as he approached the town gate of the city of Nain, he saw brokenness. And he got close. That led to life and hope that was restored. After a few chapters, we know how this gospel would end. The God of the universe sees brokenness in the world and he does not destroy his creation. Rather, he gets close. He not only suffers with us, he goes another step forward. He suffers for us on the cross so that there is life not only in this world right now, There is life eternal. That's the God that we serve. Followers of Christ are the ones who have experienced what it means for a loving God to see and to be close to us even when we don't deserve it. Our lives then should be the reflection of that God to slow down and to see people as image bearers of God and get close to them so that God can do a miracle in their lives. Our God sees us. Our city and our county deserves to be seen that way. And here is the ask. We are the hands and feet of Jesus for his light to shine in our community. To see people the way God sees and to get close to them. So let's love like Jesus loved. Let's see like he saw. And let's get close to the other for his kingdom, for his glory, for our good. Folks, in the midst of this challenging couple of weeks around the world, in the midst of death, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of your own things that you bring here, broken relationships, broken situations, and tragedy, in the midst of all of that, The God we serve looks at me, looks at you, looks at our city. He says, I see you. I see you. I see you. Let's stand, sing, and respond to that invitation.